And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology. Here is today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-com, startups, digital marketing, you name it. Today's episode is called Mastering Specialization for Growth. And before I introduce today's guest, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Gusto. If you're a startup, this is for you. I want to tell you about Gusto. Gusto built an easier and more affordable way to manage payroll, benefits, and more. They help over 300,000 businesses take the pain out of tasks like automated payroll tax filing, direct deposit, health insurance administration, 401k, onboarding tools, you name it. Gusto makes it easy. And they really care about the small business owners they work with. Try a three-month free subscription now. Just sign up at gusto.com backslash startup hustle to get started. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle. I've been a Gusto customer for three years now when I went from uh, getting tired of writing paper checks to you know wanting to be able to run my business from anywhere in the world. And it's been a big part of uh, me being able to scale out of some of that and, and even uh, take the workload off of some of my my bookkeepers and my team to make their lives just a little bit easier. So without further ado, today's guest is George Coker. George, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, super glad to have you here. Uh, you're calling it from Florida, is that right? Yeah, Boca Raton. Okay, awesome. Uh, beautiful part of uh, the U.S. I'm in Colombia right now, guys, so hopefully our connection is great. Um, back home, they've got snow and ice, and uh, so both of us are, are enjoying this. Um, but I want to get into I want to get into our topic and really talking about specialization because I think it's something that's very special and unique to what I did with Marknology, being around the Amazon space and kind of finding that as a way to um, you know crawl myself out of like being an obscure and un, uh, an obscene not obscene um, obscure company like you know digital marketing can be very tough to, to make your way into and specializing in what you're doing can really help you with growth, but. George, before we hear, you know, kind of what you're doing now with your company, Brand North, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your origin story, like where you got started. Um, you know, did you always know you wanted to be in marketing? Um, kind of where's your story begin? Yeah, um, it was a very windy, very windy road to, to marketing. Didn't get there directly. I I think looking back on it, it was probably destined to to do it, but I started my career actually in finance. It was just, I don't know why, but growing up where I grew up, right outside of New York City, it's like, felt very much like everybody that was kind of doing cutting edge things or anything like that was at that point in my life when I was young, was working on Wall Street or doing something in, in finance. They were the ones driving the nice cars and all that stuff, which is what I wanted. So I had a degree in economics, uh, when got a job on, on Wall Street doing uh, sales and trading and uh, fixed income, which was very interesting. It was a great skill set to obtain really just the pace of work and ability to execute on a high level and kind of no BS, no no mistakes kind of mentality. So 
started my career there. Uh, liked it a lot. Decided wanted to kind of gain a broader skill set and not just be a trader my whole life. That wasn't really my goal. I wanted to build and grow companies. So I was very lucky to get a job, the growth startup, and we grew exponentially. It was in healthcare and ended up selling to a private equity company. Okay. And in that experience, I basically, um, I just, the way it went, I, I ended up taking over uh, marketing and sales ended up falling under me. And okay. uh, it was uh, basically a mental health practice. We grew it to uh, over 20 locations across the country and had to, like over those years, I just had to figure out how to make everything work. Uh, from the inside, I was hiring other agencies at that point in time to yep. do the fulfillment. But I got, I guess, just call it professional curiosity, but we we're spending millions of dollars a month and I wanted to know what the heck was going on behind the curtain. So totally. I started taking some of these classes online and doing, you know, I took every course that everybody's ever put out and just tried to learn and test and understand stuff. So I did that. That was really fun. Um, then I got hired basically after that sale by another private equity company trying to do the same thing and ended up in their healthcare life sciences division. Or can we can we stop right there? So one, I think um, I find a lot of people that are very successful in marketing kind of have a finance uh, background, um, not because of the creative side of what you know what you think of with marketing, but because of the attribution and knowing what's happening behind the scenes and where's my dollars going and what's working and analyzing what's working or not working. And that kind of just like the principles I think behind that just make, can make you really good at, at um, running something effectively versus a lot of creatives can be kind of all over the place. If I'm being honest, like they, they, they're just creative minds. They're like, let's go create this thing. Let's think about this. But when it comes down to like millions of dollars being spent behind it, you have to have kind of a dual sided mind and really be able to look at the numbers, track the numbers, make changes based on that know when to fire an agency, right? Know when you're beyond what you can do and hire an agency. Um, so one, I, I'm not surprised at all that you got into marketing and, and doing that probably at a high level. My question that I interrupted you for was when you got started working for the private equity company, were you working for the private equity company or under a brand that they had bought that they needed to grow? Was it like, you know, cause that's happened in my space too, around the Amazon space where these aggregators and private equity companies have come in bought quite a few like Amazon brands or e-commerce brands. And there's people kind of running the group of brands and there's people like inside the brands. Yeah. So it was kind of a mixture. Um, <clears throat> so I got brought on to a specific portfolio company that they had, okay. but it was really, it was a little bit different. I was recruited by the private equity company because they realized that they needed somebody for that. So it wasn't really, they're kind of like a, they're a pretty high touch private equity company, very involved in, in operations. So they actually sought me out, found me, um, when moved over there and I was, um, like receiving my payroll from that company. But at the same time, it was a really interesting experience because I was, um, I, I, they would take me as basically like a consultant and I would work on multiple of their companies at the same time. Okay. So, um, it was a bit of a so hybrid yeah, approach, a bit of a hybrid role. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and I, I definitely, as someone that runs an agency, I've worked for one brand and that's definitely where I got my start, but I enjoy 
having a plethora of projects, so to speak, um, and really seeing, okay, what's working over here? It's not working over here. And you kind of learn just a little bit faster, I think, than being inside one vertical. Um, were you still in New York at the time? Uh, no, I actually moved down to Florida. And okay. when I was in that role, is that actually the end, the reason I ended up leaving was because it was an amazing job. It was probably the <laughs> joke around with my wife. It was like the best job that anybody could have. I really enjoyed it a lot. But I was on a plane four or five days a week. So at the I was stationed out of Florida, but I was all over the place. So that became a little bit difficult, especially when we're talking about having a child, all that stuff. And uh, I think you do something for long enough, you start to gain confidence in yourself, and it just felt like it was time to start my own thing. I love it. Okay, so so you're there, you're loving the job, four or five years there or whatever, um, and this is where, you know, kind of startup George starts, I guess, in regards to like doing your own thing. So what, what, what time uh, or what year was this? Uh, yeah. So I actually, I started the company pretty early. Like I actually, when I started buying all those courses and stuff back in like 2016, 17, when I was really just getting into marketing, I actually started an LLC at, at that point and started okay. to like a couple friends as clients, different things like that, just so I would, yeah, honestly, like I, I really wanted to learn at, at that point. So yeah. I started, I had it, um, I was able to get a little bit of recurring revenue going. I, I realized I probably didn't want to be an employee forever. So by the time that I was ready to leave, um, I actually had over 10 clients at, at that point and it made it a okay. little bit of an easy transition. Very similar. Uh, yeah. I did. I did something very similar. I, I didn't, probably didn't have ten, but you know, I started as just like a way to pay off my debt, like from being married and uh, some bad decisions, and like, okay, I'm like, I'm gonna start side hustling. You know, um, well, it was one driven around. I loved learning ecom. I've just been obsessed with ecom since I found it um, in the marketing around that. But I started freelancing, um, and that just turned into like, okay, well, I did a project. They're like, well, will you stay on and continue to help us? Well, will you stay on and continue to help us? And before long, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I could do my own thing. Um, I didn't always know I wanted to do that, but it kind of just, just happened. And, uh, it was something I definitely worked on for a couple of years before I, you know, made the leap. So you, you like, you know, you had a base of income or a base of clients. Were they all in healthcare at that time or were they like kind of diverse? No. No, it wasn't like I, I actually, I felt like at that point in time, I was getting a little burnt out with healthcare. So I kind of, uh, I guess after I decided to start doing it full time, which is about three and a half years ago, I didn't specialize and I kind of realized the mistakes in my ways. I was just taking on every client under the sun. I'd be doing stuff in e-commerce that you would probably do a much better job at than me. Like I just started taking on a lot of a lot of clients, uh, and I realized really quickly that one, it was just going to be really hard to be able, or I shouldn't say hard, but to train a team around all of those different SOPs and all of the different operational efficiencies that you need to be successful at something was going to be a difficult challenge where I'd probably need a much larger team to be a generalist. So I started realizing that. And then I also started realizing that why am I pushing against something that I've been doing for the last 10 years? Almost. I have all this experience in it, been reporting on 
KPIs in this industry at a board level for a pretty long time, very familiar with the data. And about a year ago, I started to really lean into that. And um, I still have like a few different legacy clients, but we really made a focus on um, just doing this in healthcare and being able to develop those efficiencies. And like you said, also not being obscure and being able to build a brand and, and authority in that space. Oh, I love it. And um, when I started out, well, one, I was just thinking about being burnt out. You talked about like the first company you were with being focused around mental mental health and thinking about your mental health was suffering, working on, you know, healthcare stuff. Like that's a, you know, just kind of funny, but um, I get it. And any entrepreneur knows like you go through phases, you know, you go through phases where you're just like, man, if I have to hear or see another Amazon box, like, you know, another prime symbol or whatever, I'm just going to like, you know, pull my beard out. Uh, but like, you know, then there can be a, a renewed passion and then, you know, it really comes down to like, well, what's my end goal? It's not really the work. It's not necessarily just the work that I'm doing every day. It's I enjoying working with the, the clients, the people on my team, you know, this is what I'm good at. Why, why buck the system? You know, why reinvent the wheel, so to speak? Um, but for me, Amazon was when I found Amazon, Amazon was kind of brand new and, uh, Kansas city is much smaller than New York. Um, the e-commerce, like, you know, just, just in regards to business and everything that's happening there for me, it was like, I want to be known as the Amazon guy, like in Kansas city, like if someone's like trying to build a business or saying, Hey, who's doing Amazon or like, I need some help. or I'm trying to build this. I wanted everyone to be like, well, have you talked to Drew? Have you, you know, have you met Andrew Morgan? Like he's a local guy that's doing Amazon. You know, he's building, he's building a team around Amazon. And I just wanted to be known for that. Um, and so there's a lot of things that went into that. But I do feel like that was, um, within Amazon, there's a whole bunch of general things, you know, from content to SEO to advertising to all the things within Amazon. But, um, that was something I think I did well, even almost by accident. Like I didn't really know what I was doing when I was, you know, building my company and just figuring stuff out, probably like a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, but it was that if someone thought about Amazon in Kansas city, you know, 2 million plus people, I guess, or so. Uh, but it's enough to keep you busy if you're a business and enough to get business. And so specializing for me was, um, even though I was early because healthcare has been around a long time, Amazon and people needing help on Amazon has not always been a thing. And so when I really started, it was kind of like how to educate people on even what selling on Amazon was if you were a brand. But um, the specialization was a huge part of me getting opportunities to to speak on something or to be invited to something, not just the business, but like who do we know that can talk about Amazon or talk about branding on the Amazon or talk about advertising on Amazon? Uh, well, I kind of defaulted for those positions because there weren't a lot of people specializing in it at that time. Um, so a year, probably a year and a half in, you've been specializing on healthcare. Um, has has like that window of what healthcare is changed, or is it still like based around mental health? Is it like you know e-commerce products? Like is it basically um, clinics? Like what? What does that look like for you at a, at a granular level? Yeah, so healthcare is definitely more broad than than we are. I like to think that we would be very uh, successful at anything that basically requires healthcare insurance as a form of payment because we okay. understand that can really well, and that's actually a really big rabbit hole that is difficult to understand. Um, requires offline conversions and a lot of different tracking and, okay. and data 
will approve out ROI. So uh, we've become really very specialized at that. But yeah, anything that is really within behavioral healthcare is is where we live. So if it's a drug and alcohol rehab facility, teen mental health clinics, a lot of uh, childhood autism, we're um, we're helping with. Uh, uh, there's a lot of it's called TMS. If if uh, basically PTSD or anything like that that's untreatable with regular medication. There's different treatments that you can receive for that. So we've kind of lived in that space for a while, um, expanding to senior assisted living facilities and, and different things like that. But yeah, that's essentially where we've been focused. We go outside of that a little bit. We've actually uh, brought on a few different um, doctor clinics, like emergency clinics recently, which have been interesting. But yeah, that's uh, that's primarily where, where we've been focusing. I love it. Thank you, George. Um, I have a couple of questions for you. Before I do, shout again to our sponsor. Um, want to know what fellow founders say about Gusto. They say they now think of payroll as a 30-second job, that the website is friendly and the joy to use, and that Gusto has been the best support team. Whenever something comes up, you can reach out, and literally less than 24 hours later, it's handled. Smart technology and friendly humans, that's really cool. Right now, our listeners get three free months, and they go to gusto.com backslash startup hustle. Yep, three months of payroll, benefits, admin, and more, totally free. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle, or just click the link in the show notes, um, which we'll have after the show. So talk to me about... Um, you know, client acquisition and getting customers being there and, uh, being there in Florida, honestly, I, I would think that it's probably pretty good even locally, uh, to be able to get business in Florida, just with a lot of healthcare, a lot of people retiring in that, in those areas, like coming down to Florida, uh, I lived in Clearwater and the family lived in Tampa for a while. So that's, that's as close as I've been to Pecan. Um, but like, you know, we have notes in here around like SEO. Have you, have you grown it more digitally or has it been more of a physical presence or like word of mouth? Like what's kind of been your secret sauce to um, getting the clients that you want? I'll be pretty honest with you, man. Um, we're very lucky in that sense. Like I don't, I'm, I'm starting to talk about it more. I'm starting to go on podcasts. I'm probably going to end up starting my own at some point. I'm active on a few different social media channels, but Primarily, I've just been doing this for a while and the experience that I had in the past, we get almost all of our referrals from word of mouth through people that I've worked with before or people in private equity that I know that are, you know, kind of expanding in this area. They'll bring us in. So we a lot of times have referral sources that will basically just send us a lot of business on a recurring basis because they know that we're going to take care of it the right way. So uh, the whole time we've been doing this, it's, it's more so been trying to get, um, operations and fulfillment to be able to keep up with the amount of new business, not really trying to seek out new business. So now trying to, um, build a pretty large team and really feel comfortable with the product and service that we're providing. And now we're really starting to hit exponential growth, but previous to this, um, don't have a sales team, haven't done any marketing, barely updated our website ever, and it just still had a pre pre full client pipeline. So um, it's lucky yeah. in that sense. I wouldn't call it lucky if I'm But I think honest. that's kind of to your it, it's the What's benefit that? though, special 
right? It's it still yeah. ends up being the benefit of specializing. If I was all over the place, it it just it wouldn't be like that. When people ask for things, they they're not going to know who to recommend because they're like, well, I don't know what he does. You know, I think that's one of the things a lot of people do. They they're not clear enough about what they do, so people can't even refer them or talk about them. You know, you're like, well, I don't really know what he does. He helps brands online. Well, that's not enough to get a referral, in my opinion. Like, that's not, no one's going to introduce someone that's like, help, you know, grows brands online. Like, you know, they need to know kind of what you do, how you do it, who's the best fit for you. You know, you got to ask those questions or let people know that or make it clear enough to them. Um, you said the word lucky, but I, I don't really agree with that word. I know, I know you're being humble and I appreciate that, but, um, you know, getting a good referral pipeline has nothing to do with the luck. Um, you know, it comes down to, you can do a certain amount of it by just doing great work and just being the technician and, you know, really delivering great work for clients and building that trust. But it also comes down to relationships. It comes down to consistency. Um, you know, and, and if you're trying to grow those referrals, it comes down to, you know, having a mutually beneficial back and forth, whether that's fees, you know, people getting commissioned, but sometimes that's not even the case, at least with me. If I'm referring a client out, it's not about maybe the 10% here or there that I get as much as it is. I know I need to know that this client's going to get taken care of, um, you know, and treated as if they're like an extension of our team helping them. That was just a referral partner that we have. It's very important. So just kudos to you for, for having that. I can definitely relate um, to my website being shit for years. Just like, just, I would just have so much anxiety about it just wishing that it was that you know i just wanted it to be better you know i'm doing this amazing work for clients and, and my own stuff was lacking you know and i'm just like you know i wanted it to be better it wasn't until i got the budget and the team to be able to start helping me execute on some of those things that we got to a point where um you know i'm proud of but when you're that busy you just haven't had to do it you know i'd say in the last couple of years um as more and more agencies focus on amazon do amazon work um you know, I haven't been able to just rely on referrals. It's been, you know, well, I've been creating content for a long time, but, um, what's my outbound like look like, do I need to have a little bit of a sales team and sales process to be able to go out there and hunt? We need to. And, um, but even in that, it comes down to speciality and how do I present what we do as being any different than anyone else? Or, you know, what's our special, you know, if, if it's not coming from someone saying, Hey, Drew's awesome. You should work with him. And I'm having to go talk to brands and talk to clients, talk to customers how am I letting them know what our specialty is, um, you know, so that we can get there. So I, I say that because I know, uh, if you're at where you're at, you're going to be there soon. If not, if not, um, you know, quicker than that. Yeah. Won't, so I'm really, I'm so looking forward to, to that and being able to really ramp up a sales team. Cause I love that. I'm super passionate about that and, and building teams. So yeah, very excited to, to get to that level. And we're going to be sponsoring a bunch of conferences this coming year and hopefully getting some speaking engagements and, and different things like that. And I think it starts to build. It's all the things that all the different industries that I named are really, they're fairly, they're relatively small. So word of mouth starts to travel fast if you know how to actually solve these problems. And it's been so helpful. Also, like the operations side has actually really helped um, just the ability to get referrals because we've done it so much now that it's like we're delivering a new website when we start an SEO project with somebody like within the first week of starting That's with crazy. them best in class website that I've spent basically like years working on optimizing the right sitemaps and doing you know all of the different things that drive conversions where 
we've been able to A-B test and do all of these different things. So it's a lot different now where it's, you work with us, you're getting something that you know works and you're getting it very quickly. Whereas in the past, if you don't have faith in your process and what you're doing, clients kind of drive the conversation a little bit more. You waste three, four weeks worrying about, does this picture look good? So we've kind of progressed beyond all of that. And it's really helped us to, number one, be able to service more clients. But I think just the ability to be able to do that. Um, and sell the product that's, that's you know, yeah. 75% of the way there or whatever, you know, like uh, off the shelf, ready to go. This is a tweaked product that's, that's built to perform. I love that. And, um, you know, it's definitely something that not every, not every industry has. Um, you know, one thing I'd say about um, the speaking stuff is I think you're going to love it. Uh, because you get to talk about something you're passionate about versus just coming to a conference and trying to, you know, have cold meetings with people and network and you're going to talk about something you're passionate about, help other people. And it just opens the conversation for, you know, people to come up to you and address you. Like if you're not really that guy that's like knocking on doors or like, you know, I'm never the guy approaching girls at the bar with a one liner. That's never been me, you know? So, um, (laughs) yeah. And you're married. So you have to, you have to say no. Uh, but um no just like when you get into that realm i think it'll be great and one thing uh for me even though i'm in a specialty one thing i've noticed that the industry kind of did to me that i've had to push back on is kind of pigeonhole me based on my like almost like an actor that that does a funny role and then everyone sees him as a funny actor for a long time or like an action role or whatever right um you know there's so many different aspects to what we do like uh i started out speaking on advertising and like you know running your budgets and like how to do Amazon advertising effectively and then saw that the, the, as the industry caught up, like that I needed to be talking to them about content on Amazon, how to get the images right and make it flow and storytell and these kinds of things. And so moved into that and, you know, people, people kind of remember what was the last thing they heard about you or whatever. Right. So, um, I, I spend a lot of time trying to diversify my speaking topics so that no one's just saying, Hey, this is a content guy or this is an Amazon and this is an advertising guy or, or whatever. Um, cause the industry is so small. That's just some, that's just some food for thought as you start playing in that space. But it's one of, it's been one of the most enjoyable things I went into. I used to literally have a speech impediment where I couldn't talk in front of people. So it's helped me with my confidence. It's helped me, you know, I just was like, this is the best way to market my company affordably. They're going to pay for me to go there, potentially pay me to speak. I get clients and, uh, I'm not having to spend, you know, on a bunch of stuff. So every industry works a little bit different. I don't know what healthcare is like, but, um, you know, for me, that was a big thing. I got another question for you as we, uh, you know, as we kind of push toward the end um, and you start to scale this, grow your team. Uh, what's been one of the hardest things uh, growing brand north so far? I think there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of things that have been difficult. One of, I, <clears throat> I think owning an agency in the just, in general was very difficult for me. I was, I learned how to do this. I didn't have like a traditional background in this. We talked about my story at the beginning, but I was doing it really well and effectively for, you know, one to five companies, right. At a, at a time. And then I had to all of a sudden now figure out how do we, how, how do we host and back up you know, a hundred different websites at a, at a time. And, you know, how are we updating those and how are we developing content at scale for 
you know, all of these different clients and how can we basically have quality control across all of that? And there are a lot of technical things. I would, I'm not become technical, I would say, um, or more technical, but I was much more of a strategy and, and numbers type of person. So I had to really learn a lot and also get a great team around me that, that was like everything that I spoke about before about being able to build those websites and have those flexible frameworks and all that stuff. Like I was not capable of doing that myself. So I really had to bring on the right team and fail many, many times in doing that. Like I had a mantra for the entire last year. It's like, we need to build websites in three days that are actually best in class websites. And that sounds crazy to a lot of people because like, I want to build a website that's worth $50,000 in three days. Seems like it's not possible, right? Um, but I knew that it was. I know that the industry is not just the industry, like internet marketing in general with all the different automations and things like that. Like the writings on the wall have to be able to do things more efficiently, more effective and, and faster. So I kind of had that as our North Star and kept bringing more people on the team, bring more people on the team and messing it up a bunch of times in the process. But um, you know, ultimately, we really got there. I think it's just a lot about being resilient. And that's just the biggest because those things are very frustrating, right? Like right. spending tens of thousands of dollars on building something that you end up really not being happy with. It sucks. And especially if you're bootstrapped, like I don't have investors. I paid for all this stuff myself. I was employee number one, you know, so it, it just it takes some time and you have to go through the ups and downs. And now I feel like we've really hit our stride and are going to continue going in that direction. So just perseverance. I can definitely relate to that. Um, bootstrap, you know, scaled my own team. Um, and it's one thing to run a team of, uh, you know, five, it's another thing to run a team of 10, it's another thing to run a team of 15, 20, 25, 30 at every level. I don't think you expect it to be as difficult, but the challenges change. Um, and you're like, okay, I've got this. I got this figured out. Shouldn't we just be able to replicate that? And it just doesn't really work like that. Um, I didn't come from an agency background either. I was just, I'm the technician. I'm the one that did all the shit. Um, so then to be able to lead a team, manage a team, create SOPs, I'm like, I'm just, you know, like it's like the cook that doesn't make the recipe. They just get in there and they like shuff it up and they can create great stuff. Uh, but if you want anyone else to like, create it like you have right which is what you need to do to scale a team you have to be able to like have specific amounts and this is how we do things and then have a process in order to check those things and uh some of it was like at the beginning i thought i had to build a team in kansas city like everyone had to be in kansas city uh now our team is same thing man i had a two-story i opened up a two-story office here and then after i was in the business for six months i was like you know what this is the worst decision i ever made like there's more more talent, better talent, easier to hire from all over the place. So, yeah, you make mistakes, you know, and that and that stuff hurts. But you just got to keep learning, keep continually improving. That's why you're in a place to, to help other people grow their businesses, right? Is is I think that if we didn't have those failures for them or those learning lessons like for ourselves, how are we able to, you know, be able to truly effectively help somebody else and, you know, and specialize in something um, but you know, I am obsessed with building the agency part. I, I've always been obsessed with e-commerce and Amazon and like how all of that flows. Um, but my passions have definitely like as a CEO here now, we have a team of 34, um, 
you know, growing this team and how do I keep a culture that's remote and we're not all in the same place. Uh, you know, you got talent turnover, you got training of new people, you've got communication. Like one thing I'll tell you about being an entrepreneur is um, how much it forces you to learn how to communicate at a high level, uh, just between clients, between your teams, between your execs, between, um, you know, and then that, that flows over into your personal relationships and everything else. But like, I don't think I knew how to communicate before I, I started on this journey. Um, and, uh, you know, it just pushes you to whatever you're bad at, you know, you have self-awareness that's going to say, Hey, Drew, you're like miscommunicating or Drew, you have to figure this out. You got to get better. Got to take those courses. Like you took those courses, you know, I'm in three different coachings right now. One's an agency coach, one's, one's a sales coach and one's, uh, what was the other one? Oh, one's an exit coach, an M&A coach. So just trying to be prepared for, you know, whatever might come and, and have my business ready. So it's constant coaching, constant learning. Um, but, you know, specialization at the core of it. I think that's what every single coach comes down to at the end of the day. It's like, whether it's an area within your business or it's your business as a whole, you got to stay focused into that. Um, George, uh, we're trying something new here at Startup Hustle uh, as, as we close out the show. And, um, they put together a list of like rapid fire, uh, questions for me. So I, are you, oh, you're open to trying this with me? Let's, let's rock. Okay. Let's do it. So, uh, it's just like, you know, I asked a question, just like what's on your mind. You hit me with it. So here we go. What's more important to you, George ideas or execution? Execution. Execution. Okay, what everybody's is more got, important? Everybody's got ideas. Not everybody can do it. Sorry. <laughs> I I couldn't agree more. As someone that launches people's products, like, you know, I'd rather have a finished product than an idea all day, every day. Um, fractional or full-time? Uh, depends. I think there's different, different, uh, different places for different skill sets. I agree. I agree. Um, remote? In office or hybrid? I think we talked about this a little bit. Yeah, I'm fully remote right now. Um, I think at some point I might like to be a little bit more hybrid. Uh, but yeah, remote works right now. Where, as a secondary question, um, you know, where where is the majority of your team? Are they spread out everywhere? Are they in the U.S.? Are they international? Yeah, I've got mostly managers in the U.S. and then a lot of execution and, and fulfillment offshore. Got it. I think we're, I think I'm pretty much the same. Okay. Um, what would you do differently if you could? Uh, I mean, I just would have bought a lot more Bitcoin when I was in college. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, what would I do differently if I could? I think that I probably would have specialized a lot sooner, to be honest with you. Um, Great answer. Of just going round and round in, in circles, trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up was just dumb when I already had a skill set and, and kind of already knew where I'd, I'd excel. I just, yeah, I think I think I wasted a little bit of time, but that's all right. There were learnings associated with it. Totally. No regret. Uh, what made you almost quit? Almost quit? Uh, I don't really think about that. I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, there have definitely been times where it's like, this is really frustrating. Am I in the right industry? Am I in the right place? Am I following the right path? Of course, like 
all of those questions, but I don't think it's ever come up where I'm like, I'm just going to stop doing this. Like I, I don't, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, probably yourself included, like sometimes it can be rough, but I've never actually thought about throwing in the towel. Yeah. There's no quit in me. And I think you talked about resilience and, uh, that, that being the most important trait, I think they go hand in hand. Um, what is something inside of the business that you're embarrassed to talk about? What's an area of the business that you're embarrassed to talk about? Um, I would just still say some of our SOPs, right? Like some of our process could just get cleaned up a lot. Sometimes it's still me checking over something or correcting content or, you know, doing some of the mundane stuff, which is like, I feel like I should be much further along than that a lot of times when I get into it, but you know, still happens once in a while. I, uh, I use a system, uh, I'll just add a note here, uh, give them a, a plug, a partner I use called Escala. E-S-C-A-L-A. Uh, they're a firm. Uh, they're an international firm, but a couple of friends based out of uh, Tel Aviv. And um, they run an agency that kind of comes into your agency and they evaluate all your employees, your hierarchy. They interview everyone um, and ultimately work with you to create the SOPs in your business and the departments that you need. So for me, I was years, years down the road without having done this. And um, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it definitely set me up like probably 70%, 80% of the way of where I wanted to be. So there are some services or teams out there when you get to the point that can even help you. If you're not where you want to be or whatever, kind of come in and just be that project manager to help you get it done. You know? Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more questions. What makes a good founder? Uh, somebody that is just, I think, continually trying to grow. Yeah, I'm trying to okay. trying to grow, trying to push the pace forward, and you know, also probably compassionate with uh, with team members and creating a creating a positive environment. I love that answer, George. Um, what advice do you have for founders out there listening? Just don't give up. You know, if you if you've got something, stick to it. Forget about shiny object syndrome. Just double down on what you're good at and continue improving it until you really find your find your lane. Specialized guys, we can't say that. We can't say that enough. Hello to your, hello to our little buddy. Um, and one last question as we wrap up, George. Uh, well, two parts. One is what's next for you with Brand North? Like, what's something you're focused on that you're working on uh, that you're excited about? You know, we're wrapping up the year. What's something in 2024 that you're like? You know, last year was I want to be able to build a uh, world class or best in class website in three minutes. Like, what's something else you're working on that you're excited about? And then where can people get in contact with you? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, I want to focus on building our brand in the industry, becoming more of a thought leader. So that's something that's important for me personally and the company. And then on top of that, I just really want to continue to build software around what we're doing. The website in three days is just one of those things that we're working on, but I think we have an opportunity to really build a moat around our business and help our clients a lot in the process. And yeah, people can find me on on LinkedIn. Just start a YouTube channel, Facebook, um, everything under George Coker. Awesome, I love it, buddy. Thank you so much for your time, um, sharing your story with us, and um, you know what specializing uh, has done for your business. And once again, today's episode of Startup Puzzle is powered by Gusto. If you're looking for an all-in-one HR platform, you're overdue to check out Gusto. You get every HR function you need in just a few clicks of a button. 
You'll even get three months free when you go to gusto.com backslash startup hustle. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle. Or find the link in our show notes. Go switch to Gusto so your small company can offer big time benefits without an HR department. Thank you, George. Thank you, Hustle. See you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.